Well, good morning, Redemption Flagstaff. Welcome to uh, another Sunday service. We are, are filming on location at Redemption Church Alhambra. Uh, y'all actually, y'all pronounce it Alhambra? You yes. still are pushing the yeah, Alhambra there? Well, it is Alhambra. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just so you know. It's yeah. really not. We're doing it. It's a good So Redemption Church Alhambra, which is down in Phoenix. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, Redemption Church, it's we're one church. We have nine congregations across the state. Uh, us up in Flagstaff. There's one of us, uh, one down in Tucson, and then seven here in the valley, of which uh, Redemption Alhambra is, is one of them. And so... Uh, we are doing this new series. It's going to be for five weeks. Uh, it's entitled Conversations with Leaders We Love. And so we're just going to be visiting different uh, pastors, different leaders within our state that we just want to learn from, we think are helpful in shaping uh, what does it mean to follow Jesus, especially in the midst of, of the craziness in the world and the difficulty that we're living in right now. And so delighted to spend the time with you guys. Would you take a moment and just say, if you could tell our people who you are, that'd be great. Yeah, well... I am Wayne, my last name is Winter. I am lead pastor with this dude right here at Redemption Harbor Church. Um, been in this spot for the past few years. Um, <clears throat> love Jesus madly, um, love the church madly. Um, that's who I am. Family? Family. I have three kids, I have a wonderful wife. Her name is Rashida, she isn't here right now, but. Um, We've been married for like 23 years, and um, and all of our kids are like 20 and over. So 20, 20, 20 21, <laughs> and 23, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we remember one yeah. of his one of his boys, Kasim, uh, was with us up in yes, Flagstaff for, that's right. for like a semester. It felt like yeah. he was like he was yeah. in, I wasn't feeling Flagstaff too much, yeah. but it was nice for the time we had. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, how about you? I'm Aaron. Uh, Pastor here, uh, planted pastor here for 18 years. My wife and I been married for 22 years, and uh, I have five children and uh, range eight to 18. Nice. So thankful for letting us be here with you, man. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Seriously. Um, so today, uh, and all these conversations are going to be somewhat, uh, somewhat informal, uh, and so we kind of gave an outline to, to you guys about a couple of things. Like, hey, I'd like to maybe go this direction, but we're really going to trust, really hopefully the Spirit of God right. to even lead us and, and say what are these conversations that can be helpful to shape us as a congregation and, and really any of you who might tune in. So uh, I want to start off just by talking, you know, we've been in this this kind of quarantined, no Sunday meeting thing for about four months now. Yeah. I know we've been doing a lot of this and trying to navigate all that stuff, but the complexities is very different for each congregation based on their context. And so can you guys, I just would love to hear for as long, you know, a few minutes if you want, just what's this time been like for you guys in your context to try and move your people to Christ and continue to be the church amidst COVID? Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things um, with us during, during, the, during this time, because we, we're so used to doing things together, yeah. um, just as a, as a family. <clears throat> so this is so the transition was awkward and hard for us because we're so used to it. Uh, but um, we've been able to try to um, just carry over this, like this connectivity. People are trying to use whatever means they can. So even like sometimes like during Sunday service preaching, you know, where where typically someone would would. Be like, oh, amen, Pastor, that's good. And yeah. They're like, typing in, amen. Are they really? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. encourage it too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, if we don't see an amen coming through, we're like, hey, is your moment to type yeah. in? Yeah. No. <laughs> this is so, your moment right now. This is your moment <laughs> to type it in. Please type in, amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's 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 one of the things. We're trying to be, be intentional with that. I mean, one of things you see. Yeah, I think the Alhambra is like, I think has an advantage for a lot of it culturally, but also just intentionally has done well at being a family. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like loved, accepted, cared for. And so that part is really hard. It's like being away from your family or forced right. kind of isolation. Yes. Um, the other thing I, I would say is what we've tried to do is, is press into our identity in Christ. Yeah more than maybe the ways that we have 
used the comfortable means that we're hoping to go back to as mm-hmm. finding identity rather than just a means yep. to express our identity. So um, being in a building is nice, but if the shift happens in our hearts where it's like we're not expressing who we are in Christ, but now this is who we are in Christ, it just shifts from yeah. it, our identity can equally shift. So we're trying to use this as like, what is God trying to do in yeah. us to reshape our identity, to prune, to refine? Because, I mean, one thing the church hasn't been, I don't think, really good at mm-hmm. is, uh, or at least the church in the West, is um, is that. It's just remembering who we are yeah. and then doing these things because of who we are. Right. Yeah. And then we attack, because we're not living into our identity, we start attaching it to other things. And unfortunately, buildings, uh, programs, yeah. those kinds of things can easily become markers of our identity right. rather than expressions of worship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that um just 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 on that just just the reality of knowing that that God is sovereign, God is good, God wasn't sort of like caught off guard right. with these things. Yes. yes. Um yep. and if he wasn't going off caught off guard and that the only reason that's even going down is that he allowed it and stuff, we we're trying to contextualize and, and, and just listen like well well, what made you be trying to do with us mm-hmm. um, inside of inside of this time, and, and um, so this has been um, an, an intentional slowing down and listening yeah. time for us, and 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 trying to be really intentional with what are the type of things that we'll will gather around and that will you know like pushing deeper into like what does it look like to pray more and and know that the same guy that that meets us here on Sunday service mm-hmm. is meeting us inside of our home yeah because he's right. omnipresent you know um and 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 this really just feeling like well the Lord is 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 doing a cultivation through these through these times and and we are wanting to sort of submit into it not just try to just grit and bear it until it passed but submit into it and yep. and, and and listen to the Lord as it carries yeah so yeah, let me press into that then, because I, th- I think you're right. I think that you're right. This season can be viewed through like two lenses, right? There's gonna be the lens that's gonna say this is terrible and it's taking away everything we wanted to do, but then yeah. there's the lens of like, no, the Lord is sovereign. Yeah, He's gonna be intentional with this. What What are some ways where you and let's get let's just get serious with some idolatry stuff. So like, what are idols that you see the Lord trying to like detach from the church in this season, right? Because he does that in difficulty. He does that in seasons of like pain and trial, oftentimes significantly more than in in blessing. Like we don't do well with blessing often, right? So what are some of the idols you see, maybe for y'all, but even in the church global of him saying like enough, like let's, let's try and strip this away. Yeah. So part of, part of the work of Christ is refinement. He, He is that refining fire. Fire is a massive, uh, theme of scripture, who Christ is, what he does, things are gonna, when fire happens, things get burned away, right. and things get purified. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's like, there is a purpose to yeah. refining. Yes. Uh, and pruning. So like, w- when we talk about the work of Christ, we often talk about the blessing, the, the prosperity, the things that God can do for us, and the functionally things that he's doing. We don't press a lot, at least in the West, into discipline and pruning and formation. And formation. Yeah. Yeah. But this is 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 like the spirit when Jesus was coming out of that time where uh, he was baptized and coming out of the water. Like that's a moment of beautiful identity. This is my son moment. And then immediately the same dove that just you know comes down (laughs) is scripture says driving him into the wilderness to be tempted and it's that word driving is like an aggressive like it's not just like we go there uh we go there wanting to go there but there is a necessity in to be tempted by the devil and so i i do think there is a massive uh Sad, sad part to this that is watching people that we thought were family or Christians or wow. followers of Christ that are 
walking away from Jesus. Wow. That part is hard to watch. Wow. Yeah. Walking away from the faith. We're doing a series here, Hebrews 13, where all of Hebrews, the preacher is saying, right. many of you are walking away from the faith right. and you're going back to right. your old religion, old your yeah. old things, right. your yeah. old ways. You're going back and you're walking away. And then, so all of Hebrews 13 is like this identity statement of how we should live now. So watching that as a pastor is painful. Yeah. For people that you have loved and cared for. And culturally, we're watching the church experience this in droves. Mm -hmm. People are walking away from the faith because of what they've experienced in the American church. So what we think is happening is they're walking away from the faith. They're really walking away from something they should be walking away from. But that has been their faith. Yeah. they're walking away from American Christianity that wasn't rooted in the gospel. Right. And they're forsaking a Jesus that they had been taught. So that is both good and bad, but it's also very painful to watch when it's happening on a local level. It's also really painful to watch when everything in our world is like, yeah, but look how many Christians there are in our country, and our country is Christian. And then there's a remnant that's kind of going, no, but that's not Christianity. So those things are both painful and powerful Mm -hmm. simultaneously, but it's really hard to watch. It's really difficult to watch, especially when you're trying to pastor and go, yes, walk away from that. Yeah. But don't walk away from that's Jesus. That's all they know, right? Yes. Yes. That's all they know. But yes, reject American Christianity. Yeah. Reject these ideologies reject, right. but don't walk away from Jesus. And so many of them are, are throwing out Jesus with yeah. the bathwater. Yeah, right. They're right. throwing out Jesus and going into uh, what they. Where do you? Know, that, where do you guys right. see? It? Where Where are they going? Like, where, that's so. If they're leaving Jesus, what What is the destination? Or is it even known for them? Is it just I don't want this, so I'm going somewhere else? Or do you see some other poles that have really risen up in this time? Oh, people like, yeah. I mean, I think that um, <clears throat> like some of the stuff that people are are going into is more self-centered idolatry. Absolutely. You know, like as God draws away the church, I think a lot of this stuff, um, like there's a lot that gets hidden by the building. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. that gets hidden by just being around um, people and stuff, and just that, wow. that's just so big, and it sort of covers so many things. Now you're, you can't just go to the building, you can't um, um, just be around people as, as much as you want, um, and then people are, they, 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 what's being exposed is where their hearts really are, and not being able to just to, to, to cling on Things that are other than Jesus, like the building itself, is a Jesus, and you know, so not being able to cling on these other things, people are gravitating toward where their hearts really at, and stuff. You know, so some of that is is we see that happening, um, you know, where before there was this buffer there or this 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 cloak that was over it. So it's been like a really an exposing exposing time, but that's been a, a big deal. Seeing people drift into their personal idolatries. Um, more and stuff, and okay. and that's been like really <coughs> they're more actually, polarizing. They're actually being shown for what they actually right. really were. Right, right. So, like, we did this thing this last week, which I think is helpful in the sense of there's multiple false gospels. There's not mm-hmm. just one. So, any gospel that is proclaiming something other is what is sweeping people away. So, those false gospels could be religious. They could be political. Yeah. They could be. Sure. Uh, they could be personal, or and every sector of our world has different false gospels. Right. So there is like what I would call insider false gospels that are like power and privilege, and we've created a Jesus that is is American, mm-hmm. right? We've created this Jesus who is right. American, right. and many people are walking away from a Jesus that America. Uh, Carved, right? Formed. Right. They they formed a yeah. white uh-huh. Republican, powerful, rich, prosperous Jesus that sits at that position and then says, 
this is what it means to be a Christian in America, follow this Jesus, and they're walking away from that one. And you would go, yes, walk away from that Jesus, that Jesus. right? Because you were worshiping already a Jesus that is not there. But then the outsider, if you will, even in that context, has created their own false. Just because the poor and the vulnerable and the broken and the oppressed are closer to the kingdom, it doesn't mean they're in the kingdom. Yeah, okay. they, 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 just, they just are closer. They're a lot closer to seeing and understanding, but it doesn't mean that they haven't created any sort of false gospels that would say, basically, go after power, go after privilege, go after this, rather than, right. no, in this world, Hebrews says this, Jesus is an outsider in all of it. He's and, yeah. and, and Hebrews 13 says, go outside your camp with Jesus yeah. and be with him. That's right. That's where the kingdom is, right? So it, the hard part about being in this world, Wayne and I talk about this often, is you are never an insider wow. in anything. Right. So even with the outsiders of this world, you're not an insider. You're still an outsider of the outsiders. Right. It just makes it really really difficult because you have no place to lay your head you have no home you have nothing where you can go that's the kingdom you can you have you're always prophetic you're always being having to speak into it yeah but in this time it's exposing Wayne did a post on Facebook that I thought was it's exposing that we have never known our prophetic calling in the world so we don't know what it's like to be prophetic now that we're having to be not popular, but prophetic, many people are walking away from a prophetic calling because they were only Christians because it was popular. Jeez. And that's the, that's the hard part. Maybe you can right. talk to that because well, that was like... I think we got to... Um, like in, in God's like intentionality and sovereignty of, of how he allowed the line of events to happen. Yeah. Right? And, you know, with everything that's going on where it's like, you know, like... While the COVID thing happens and stuff, and we're drawn out of our buildings and stuff, allowing the nation to go into this really, really big deal, this thing, and it's like you can't hide behind the buildings and stuff yeah. as, you're, as you're doing inside. Of, and, and, and now this is where like the idea of the church as a group of people mm. and stuff and not a building comes comes out. Um, and 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 now it's exposed. Like, what what do you really believe about mm -hmm. Jesus? Mm -hmm. When you look at scripture, That's and true. and you look at um um all the time and periods when the church um, was growing and things like that, the people was going out. It was being moving, and yet still right. being referred to as the church and stuff. But we've gotten so complacent, being being stagnant and, and just on the inside. And God's like, let me pull this aside, and now let everything go. And stuff, and, um, yeah. and, and, and and you know, and I feel like that it's so intentional, you know, so intentional in in exposing, and at the same time, um, drawing us to be what we're supposed to be. Let me move these things out the way so that there, there are hindrances to do it, and I'll bring them back together at the time that's appropriate. Right. You know. So. Right. So as you guys are seeing those things, uh, I, I think obviously in our in our in our role, even at times, like we get a look at we look at right our churches we gotta look at culture we have time to kind of spend you know we're supposed to be doing that stuff you know for the for the majority of our churches right they're just they're going to they're going to work they're going home they're trying to take care of their family right. you know they don't oftentimes have like that that space to be able to like okay how do i process through some of these realities like me so they're not seeing them maybe even at the same levels that, that maybe we are we're trying to process through what are some ways that you guys are discipling your people to see those things, and then, like, on a practical level, like, you need to see this, and then, what, like, what do you do then? Like, okay, if this is true, well, what now? Does that make sense? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that we've been um, trying to challenge um, through, is, like, this is a time of, of massive intentionality. That's what it calls, calls us into, you know, because I know one of, our, um, one of my pastors, Kyle, was just sharing this thing the other day, how, you know, there's there's a deforming that's happening during this time because everything that's being done is just this way. It's just um through videos and just through um Zoom and just through this and just through that and stuff and 
and there's a deforming that's happening. And what's happening, and if, if people aren't connecting to those avenues, they're just dwindling away and falling back mm -hmm. and stuff, which caused into like we need to be intentional. Why do mm -hmm. you need to pick up the phone and actually call somebody? And stuff so they hear your voice. Right. You know, um, Father, you need to intentionally send a text message to that brother or sister. Um, we've been trying to be intentional with, like, this is a time of prayer. And have tons of time of intentional coming together for just praying. Right. And stuff. And saying that's all we're doing. And, and, and we want to allow ourselves to be formed inside of that during this time. Um, this may be a time of, of worship. We want to allow ourselves to be formed by that. You know, and then, um, and, and yet still, while all this stuff is going on, serving the poor and vulnerable inside of the community and stuff, and allowing these type of things to, to be formative to us inside of these times and encouraging people on their intentionality, because it's, it's easy to just slip away and slip back and stuff. Mm -hmm. This is going to time where you're going to have to yeah. plan it out. You're going right. to have to be intentional. Um, otherwise, you'll get swallowed up by, by all the... The nothingness and stuff. Yeah, and have people like have they that? So what we saw early on was, you know, we came out of the gates and people were like almost hyped for it, right? Like yeah. they're like, hey, we're gonna go digital. I'm calling people. I'm emailing people. I'm gonna I'm gonna press it. We you know we laid out a bunch of resources. Hey, disciple your family during this time. Yes, we saw people, yes. do, and then like each week it's been like ah, a little bit less. Mm -hmm. And the fatigue has kind of set in in this. And so, have you all seen that? Or are people oh, just killing it? Or? No, it's absolutely. I do, but I do think that's just the nature of of any of us that truly have to do the long obedience in the same direction. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay. If, if you really start doing long Great obedience, books, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Eugene Peterson coined that, but it's it's a powerful thought of just saying. Long obedience in the same long suffering is just a fruit of the spirit. Is when we are used to mm -hmm. doing things in our flesh versus a fruit of the spirit, we will get tired mm -hmm. and we will experience mm -hmm. that real tiredness. Um, and it, it causes us to have to. So, when we talk about our spiritual identity, maybe the church, maybe. The church has done deformative things and called it spiritual formation, right? So when you go, I want the priesthood of all believers, but then we still professionalize priesthood. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, they have to be priests in their own home, yes, in their own yes, life. Yes. But we told them, no, your identity is priesthood, right? But then we go, no, but but you still need, right. let, like, pay us and we'll do it for you. Yeah. But it... it that's exposing and it's hard but then when they start going this is difficult that to especially in the west that is our excuse when anything is hard that's we just have to say it and then that's our excuse that it's just always that that's hard wow it's hard to be a parent dude okay so okay yeah you're right just stop being a parent you yeah, know? yeah. No, it, it, it's it's hard to be a christian okay yeah i get yes but what are we supposed to do when when we acknowledge it's that it is hard or difficult or the way that I would like to put it, it's against our flesh and it's a work of the spirit. Yeah. Is where do we go from that statement of of not the obvious, but just the reality? Is maybe we have said, okay, well then if that's too hard, let's do an easier version of Christianity. Right? Let's just say come to a service yeah. and that if you attend a service, you don't have to practice one another's right. of scripture. Right. You don't have to encourage one another. You, you made it to a service, that's that's the lowest form. Well, right now, we're having to practice the literally the one another's of scripture. Right. Right. We're right. They're, they're all over the place. And when I say one another's, I don't mean like go, nobody's treating me this way. I'm saying no, you hmm. have to practice right. what it treats another person yeah, not yeah, how yeah. people need to treat you you can't use the one another's <laughs> yeah. scriptures on how yeah. you need to be treated right. it's how you treat others right. and you go how, do, how am i doing that so like right now and, and this is just pastoring in a congregation mm -hmm. if someone calls and goes i'm tired i'm fatigued or criticizing other people i as a pastor just have to lovingly ask 
how is your practices in life? Mm-hmm. Like your your time with the Lord. Yes. Your reaching out intentionally to others. Well, I just don't even. Most of them will say, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to live this faith out. And you're right. going, that's where the issue is. It's not that we're not able to put programs on it. That's where the issue is. In word and in deed, right. this all of life right. is all for Jesus right. slogan that we have as a church. Right. Is it a slogan that we wear t-shirts? <laughs> or is it really something that we say, no, it is all of life is all for Jesus. Yeah. Which means there's not one square inch of my life that is not yeah. meaning for Jesus. And we have like removed one or a few key. Now I'm not saying they're not important, but he's removed them from us. Right. And now what's being exposed is all of the other areas were not for Jesus. This was the one area we had for Jesus. The Sunday attendance. That was it. That's that right. was it. And I, I want it back. I'm not saying I don't. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Love, right, right. I love our times on right, Sundays. Right. And I love being with my family. But I don't want to remove the times where Jesus is driving us out into the desert or the spirits drive to be tested and say that that's not a part of following Christ either. Mm-hmm. Like there is a, a true thing that he's doing now that I don't want to rush through, right. but I don't want to stay in it. I don't want to get stuck yeah. or wander, I, but I don't want to miss it either. I don't yeah. want to miss what God's that's, doing. That's why we've been going through on um, this last part of Hebrews, um, because, <clears throat> because even going through this, what I think many of us were, were looking at was sort of like, let me just hold my breath and just barrel through this mm-hmm. real quick, right, right, right. and it'll yeah. be done real quick, yeah. and we'll get back we'll get to back, normal. Right? Get back to right. 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 you know. Yeah, yeah. And dude, this will pass. I promise. Yeah. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. And stuff, you know. And he's encouraging them. And Hebrews like, y'all might be inside of this mm-hmm. persecution for a minute now, right, right. right? Let me tell you how to live in that. Right. For Flagstaff, a minute. That's not a literal minute. Oh, <laughs> oh man. that's a. That's a season of time. That's a while. It's a while. Yeah, it's not just one minute. Got you. Okay. Absolutely. For, for, a, for a while. For a while. That's a better word. Yeah. You know, because they was because they were seeing persecution and it wasn't stopping. Yeah. And because it wasn't stopping, eventually they was giving up hope. Yeah. And they was and they were walking away. And he was turning their back. And he's encouraging them, you know, to keep on, to keep on, to keep on. Over and, and over, yeah. over and over again. Because it's like, it's probably not going to stop no time soon. And, and and in this time, I think many people were, were ready for the, oh, I got this. I can hold my breath long enough. Mm-hmm. You know, then yes. it's like, yo, hold on here. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's been like four months now. Like, you know, and, and this is the time when it's like, I think this is the time where real forming actually starts happening. Yeah. You know, where it starts to take you way out of your comfort zone and, and, and God continues to shape and he, he continues to mold and, and, and we're listening to him. And, and, and the biggest thing there is that um, it's is not that you show up at the church and you be this, and you from home, God is shaping your heart. And that gets carried into your church. And our missional right. identity like, yes. is playing into this. Like now that we're like our role as a church is predominantly missional right mm-hmm. now. Right? Absolutely. Right. It's not corporate. Yeah. It's missional yeah. identity. Yeah. That gets lonely and gets big. So we're used to preaching, let's say, a in Christ identity, our union with him, which we as the Christian need to hear our union. But because we are in Christ, we have a missional identity, which is very different than our in Christ or union identity. They're the same, but because I'm in Christ, I am loved, I am accepted, I am great, there's grace, all these things because of who I am in Christ. But because Christ is in me, Uh I am something different in this world, which means I'm a foreigner, I'm an exile, I am an outsider. I am. Yeah. I, I. I'm loved in Christ. I'm hated in this world. So there's like these things yeah. when now start playing into it when our friends are walking away and uh, people are taking off and now our tribe is saying things and so now it's like, do I follow Jesus 
Or do I follow Christ? Or do I follow Trump? Or do I do, do I follow this tribe? Or do I follow this whatever? Do I yeah, follow what I've been yeah, in? Whatever tribalistic identity. Yeah, yeah because yeah. this world is, right. has so much polarizing tribes. Right. And that's yeah. what people have been going into now. Yes. When you start talking about what are people going into, all these other secondary identities that, that, that are second to your identity as Christ, people have been diving into that. Massive. You know? You know, where, where, where God is wherever yeah, it's at, your true. political yep. uh, thing, people are diving hard to this side, that's or diving church. hard to that side. That's their religion, that's, a, right. that's their so, life in Christ. That's right. And because they're in those things, they have been two lives in Christ's life, loved, accepted, going to heaven, and then in this world life, and then they have been using Jesus and quoting him in their tribes. Right, right, right. And what right. happens is now everybody's going, no, I have Jesus in my tribe. You do not have Jesus in your tribe. And now when people are forsaking Jesus because their, their idol that they carved and called mm -hmm. Jesus is not actually the Jesus of the Bible. <laughs> it is not actually the Jesus that came into the world. It's not actually, and now they're being exposed. No, and our American history is being exposed. Our tribes are being exposed. Everybody's being exposed. And so they're going, fine. Well, if Jesus is not what I thought he was, I'm <laughs> done with him. And now the missionaries are having to be outsiders, foreigners, exiles. And wow. so what it's showing is we were never outsiders. We were insiders. And we were functioning as synchronized insiders. But now that we're in Christ and we're seeing our identity in Christ, we're having to see what it means to be hated by our tribes, our worlds. It is, right, it's right. tough all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, everybody's experiencing that. So then they're having to go, well, I've been lied to. There's a lot of people who feel lied to all of their lives. I've been lied to. The church told me lies. They told me this is who Jesus was. They told me all I had to do was these things. They were listening to false gospels that were enticing and they're walking away. So that's tough. But for, the, for us who are being formed, we're having to remind them not only of their identity in Christ, but they're missional identity. Yes. You are missionaries in this world, right. meaning you have to be in a post-Christian uh, exilic, you know, kind yeah. of context. Right. So we're trying to we're trying to figure out yeah, how to pastor exiles rather than uh, insiders. Right. Yeah, and when she, so right. So, so with those two ideas, right? So you have you had the, the church thing, and then you had the, the kind of the world. Whatever, whatever kind of gets involved in that, so the, right. the political scene, you yeah, know what I mean? Everything. And so you, we consumed, the, you know, we consumed Jesus and the church primarily through Sundays as yes. American Christians, yeah. right? Uh, that was taken away, so you're left, then you're still <laughs> left with this other thing. So it's like, oh, let me double down on what I know, because yes. I don't have this anymore, right? so I'll double down on this, because nothing changed in the consumption of that stuff, right? Now right, it's, right, it's even more, right. it's like now I have more That's time to watch this political pundit and more time to watch yes. this show, which, yes. right, all that means is so forming and even just, yes. okay, I need this absolutely. thing, right? So, yeah, yes. I mean, that's just... It's ooh, absolutely. So we're just yeah. eating and eating and eating, if you will, no matter what tribe we're in. Yeah. We're just consuming false gospels. And then when we go to, when we go to our internet service, yeah. we're tired. Yeah. And, 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 oh, and absolutely. And we're like, I don't want to watch another video. Mm -hmm. We're exhausted. We are being formed uh, yes. by technology. Yeah, right. We're exhausted. We're right. tired. And it's just like, I don't want to hear another political thing. And now the church is being coined political for gospel and, and, and all this. And so now it's easier to leave church than right. it's ever been. Well, especially just when you don't can... log in. Yeah, I know. Yeah, That's I all know. you who's gonna just, know. Who's right? going to know? know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, just don't log in. Yeah. That's all that it takes. And so reality is... It's easier to leave church. It's easier to walk away. It's easier to just slip into comfort, sexual immorality, money, uh, political ideology. It's easier to just slip into than it is to be because the church is meant to be a gathered body. It is really formative to be in there. And it is, it's, it's hard. I've been finding a lot of comfort in books like Amos, where Jesus is like, I hate your gatherings. And God's like, I hate your gatherings, and you can have them, and I'm not showing up. And just trying to go, okay, I want, I love gatherings, but I don't want to idolize God. I've been trying to like see the prophetic side of it, but and try to live into those identities, but it, it's, 
I'm not only for our people. Yeah. It's hard for. Oh yeah. For it's us, I get like I feel right. shackled in pastoring. Well, I think I think yeah. it's also, you know, in, in, in another way is showing how super religious we are. Mm -hmm. Just as as like in a, as a country, it's all together, and and when I say super religious, not in a good way. Um, I was just reading over um over Acts with, with Paul, um the Mars Hill Dale and stuff, and he's walking around, he's seeing all these idols all over the place, and That's finally when he gets to talk to them, mm -hmm. he says, "I know you guys are are, are are very religious." Then he doubles down and says. In all aspects, yeah. right? Like you guys are super no, religious, left to right, all over yeah. the place and stuff, right. you know. And 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 I feel like, yeah, that that's being shown. Like, hey, what would what we're worshiping a lot of other things, and God is like showing you and stuff. Like all these other things that like people that don't see themselves as religious. Or people that saw themselves as just worshiping Jesus, and what you're like, let me let me dial back so I'm gonna show you where your real worship is at, and stuff. You're saying, and you, and you follow suit, and you dive deeper in, and stuff. And, and, and so I feel like that's being just shown. A bunch yeah, of man. I think what we've lost in Sundays, and I think it's because of what we built. Was was Sundays were like the the, the reunifying moment for. The local church, and, the, and, the, and not saying it should have been. So I think right. it became that. Like, okay, we are united because we all show up here on Sunday. We sing. We hear from the word. You know, that's everything. When when the service was never was never meant to be like this is what unifies Jesus is what unifies right. people, yes. right? And so now it's been. It was so much like no, this moment does that, and so you're seeing this increased division. Because the unifying thing wasn't Jesus, it was a service, right? Uh -huh. It was, it was yes. like this hour and a half that we got to be, we're singing, so we must be in this together. Regardless of what we'll say on Monday, oh. but now it's like, well, we don't have that. So I guess we could just look at the person on Facebook mm -hmm. that I know normally I'd be sitting next to on Sunday. Right. Right. I'm not seeing that person. I haven't talked to that true. person. And so now you see that growing division. And, and that conversation is only... Uh, hey, I don't like this post, and hey, I don't like that post that you said. You no longer have regular conversation. It's just the conversation or whatever the polarizing post that's there, and that's what the relationship is now skinning down to. Those those things right there and stuff. That's why I was like, man, hit somebody up, give them a call, right? And stuff, talk to them. But if you leave it to just um, responding to social media posts, that's not right. And that's your relationship, and that's your the identity that you have of the person and stuff, you start to see this breakdown in mm -hmm. um, this true reality. That's good. Yeah, so in light of a lot of that, so even this this intentional movement towards intentionality, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, this, yeah. Let's be, let me be really intentional with us this morning and just even say like, what, what are the practices that are forming your life at home right now? Um, did, did you did you start out with a bang and then it's kind of dwindled? Would you re-up, right? And, and the power of the presence of God in your life, the conviction of the Spirit, would you step back into those practices? Like, get into the Scriptures to pray yeah. Yeah. to... And, yes. and, and literally, very practically, before uh, before the day's over, before Sunday's over, would you call someone and, um, and engage with them and talk to them about their relationship with Jesus. Like, let's just get as intentional as we can with that. Yeah. As, as a, like a small but absolutely necessary step back in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to spend the rest of our time, maybe another 10, 15 minutes here if we could. Uh, one of the things we, we constantly feel like we're learning from, from Redemption Alhambra, from you guys, from your staff and your church, is what does it mean to to try and press into and embody loving the least of these, the least, the last, and lost, like we often say, the poor, the uh, the oppressed, the downtrodden, the hurting, the broken. Yeah. I feel like all of redemption a lot of times, like not, like we're like, hey, what is Alhambra doing? Like, what can we learn from those guys? This, is, this last four months, with COVID, with the racism realities that and, and I don't want to say they've blown out, they've been there, but they're really exposed, right? Like right things have come right. to light. Um, which you, you could tell, where it was like, you know, when you fire a gun through a barrel, like little beams of light come in. It's been that, but it feels like there's been, the lid's been removed in many ways, right? So, 
Um, we don't shoot a lot of guns down here, but maybe. No, that's us, though. So, this guy's a gun. I'm glad you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, y'all are y'all go to shooting range? I know. Not me personally. That's what I'm saying. No, not me. Maybe me. So, um, so that that's that's obviously significantly part of the last four months as well. Yeah. What does it look like to, to love specifically the least of these in this? Yeah. And, and I want to know, and not even just this time, but like, can you just get into the scriptures for us and all the stuff that I know I've been learning from you? Teach us this morning for a little bit the heart of Jesus and it's and it's his primary movement towards the poor and towards the yeah. hurting, towards the the oppressed and. I just want to hear y'all, again, informally just kind of vamp on this for a bit yeah. and shape us this morning. Uh, one of the things that we, like I said, we've been lingering in, in Hebrews, so those things are coming to, to our minds. And there's this point, um, uh, I believe it's Hebrews chapter 13, probably verse 6. Um, I could be off on that, but where um, Paul is encouraging them. Uh, well, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but um, some people think it's Paul. But um, but he's encouraging them, and and he's he's saying um, for the person that's been mistreated, mm-hmm. here's how you be there for them, as if you're being yeah, mistreated. That's, that's right. One and two, verse one and two. Verse one, one and two, yeah. and stuff. And he says for the person, um, you know, that's being for the for for the person that's being mistreated, and then he also said. Um, prisoner for for the prisoner, you know, here's his how you be there for them, as if you're in prison with them, right? And 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 you start to see this 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 language that says the way that you be there for the least of these, those that are inside these scenarios and situations, is as if you are going through it yourself. Put yourself right there. Put yourself inside the shoes. What would you hope someone would do? What would you hope? How, how do you hope someone would love you at that moment? You know, that's how you do it right there and stuff. Don't don't think a different way, but think like, that's what I would need. I would wish someone would do this. So so we've been trying to continue to walk, like that's, walk that out. That's been a, a very formative thing during this time where even, where where we haven't been um, having um, large church gatherings, but we've still been, reaching out to the poorest out of the community and stuff. We're reaching out to those that are just getting out of jail and trying to figure out what to do with their mm-hmm. lives and stuff. Right. And still say like, I know everything is going on, but Jesus is still right here in the midst of this, you know, and um, and, and and he's good and he loves you, you know, and, and just knowing that we are ourselves would want someone, even though things are going on, to be there and present themselves um, um, to us and stuff. So that's been something that's been super formative to us. Is just continue to just to love on on people who, in typical situations, people may overlook, and even more so now, and stuff would would overlook. You know, what does it look like to trust God? Um, <clears throat> you know, to walk inside of our, our our faith while exercising wisdom. You know, um, what does it look like to to, to, to identify that person and stuff and say, I'll sit down and I'll mm-hmm. eat with you yeah. and stuff um, during, during this time and stuff and, 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 and make food um, for them and stuff and just remind them like, you are in the image and likeness of our king. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I look at you and I see God and stuff and then listen to them uh, and, and listening, saying like knowing that they may say something that I need, mm. you know? So it's not just like, hey, we're having this conversation and, and, and it's a one-way deal. It's like, you know, I'm talking and you know God in some ways that I do not know oh, God. You've experienced God yeah. in some ways that I have not experienced God, you know? And you may not articulate the way that I would articulate it, but we're talking and, and, and I'm listening and I'm hearing, I'm like, oh, that's... A, let me tell you about why that happened to you. Right. Let me tell you about 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 why you was kept so much inside that scenario, you know. And you are able to sit down and learn from 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 people that 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 um that may not look like you. That may not that you're going. They're going back on the street when you guys when they leave, and you're going to a house, and and they're teaching you about Jesus without even realizing they're teaching you about Jesus. 
and, and you're affirming uh, that, yeah. and, you know, um, while you're having those conversations, you know. It's good. Yeah, but it's you're saying it starts with that that posture, right? Yes. Like, like on that front end of no, I'm gonna see you. Right. In in that lens of like, no, I'm gonna enter into that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to experience what you've experienced, even mentally trying to check into that. Yeah, for and real. And then living out of that. And, I'm gonna see and, it, and it's it's it is the way Jesus lived, it's yes. incarnation. Yes. Yeah. So we cannot speak of incarnation without humility. Jesus incarnated into a world, humbled himself all the way mm -hmm. to the point of death. This is why I think when we preach a gospel that does not have Jesus came proclaiming the gospel, to the poor, mm. <laughs> so and had that's in there. That's in there. It's very explicit. To the poor <laughs> and proclaimed the kingdom yeah. to the poor and the outcast, the marginalized, and confronted the powers of this world. Mm. Okay. Yes. So he did not go to the seat of privilege or power. He went to. The, in the world, in the world's system, right. he went to the place. So here's where, like, when your when your gospel can't hear a verse like Hebrews thirteen and say, and say, when you see someone in prison, go and treat the prisoner like you are the prisoner. Mm -hmm. When your gospel has to know why is the prisoner there before you can treat him with love. Right, 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 exactly. It's not exactly. a gospel at all. Exactly. Why is he a prisoner? Let's get the facts out first. Mm. Then we'll treat him right. as what he yeah. deserves. deserves yeah. mm. We'll treat him as he deserves that we deem right, right, he right. deserves it this way. Right, right. Why? So you hear this happening in American church all over. Why was he killed? Why was he beaten? Why was he hurt? Why was he this? Before they want to know why, before they can enter into. So, yeah, the prisoner could be there unjustly, but the prisoner could be there because they deserve to be there. But the Christian doesn't need to know it. Right. I mean, he doesn't. He has to incarnate. He has to enter in and become the prisoner. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for yes. me. It's not just, I need to figure out how to become the prisoner. Right. I am the prisoner wow. right. who had one come into right. my prison and set me free. So when people go, well, I don't understand the culture or the content. The reason why he's saying treat the prisoner that way is because the Christian relates more to the prisoner than they do the power. Mm. And when we have... When we have connected more with power and privilege than we have with the poor, huh, yes. we don't know the kingdom. Right. And that's the that's dangerous. Right. It's dangerous for you. Yeah. It's dangerous for me. When I am more acquainted with my privilege and power than I am with my poverty and and my brokenness and my need for Christ. Right. This is why Jesus came to those places because that is when you look at a child you see the kingdom more than you do when you look at a kid right, right. when you look at a woman you see it more than when you look at, at a woman who's a prostitute is on the ground who's about to be stoned you see the kingdom there more than with stones in your hands you you right. you cannot know the kingdom and be a part of the kingdom yeah and and only be around people with power and privilege so he says, Jesus says, you didn't feed me. You didn't take care of me. You didn't, where, where, what do you mean I didn't do that? Yeah, and he yeah, goes, right, right. Mm -hmm. the way you treated yeah. them, you right. treated me. Jesus takes it personal. When you treat people who are in poverty as if they don't deserve it, he takes it personal. Wow. That was me. Right. That wasn't them. Well, that that is an incarnational passage. I've never even like thought of it through that lens. Like that's saying, like just I feel that. Right. Because wow. That was me. When yeah. you when you right. did not treat them that way, that was me. Right. And you missed it. it right. Hebrews thirteen one says, 
Why? Because in so doing, you're treating them, you may be treating an angel in unaware. Right? right? right. And he's saying, you may be entertaining an angel and you didn't even realize it. Right. Right. Poverty, poor, this kind of... I, an American gospel does not have room for us to go, the place you learn the gospel is amongst the poor and marginalized. And Vince, I'm telling you this, I didn't learn this growing up. I met Jesus when I started getting around people Jesus. of poverty and people of, of on the margins. I met Jesus. I did not know Jesus in the church right. I grew up. Right. And, and the, knew I knew Christian. I knew American right. Christianity. Right. Right. I didn't yeah. know Jesus. Right. And I would just say that this to, to, to Jesus. I met Jesus, and and, and and I see there's immorality, there's sin, there's struggle, there's all these things. But pastors have to begin to see that the way the apostles, the way Jesus dealt with people who were religious and dealt with people who were poor were very different. Paul <laughs> preached a different gospel to the rich than he did to the poor. And they go, no, it's the same gospel for all. No, in 1 Timothy, he said, Here's, here it is, to the poor, rise up and don't let anybody, don't look at anybody better than you. Mm -hmm. To the rich, more of you are walking from, away from the faith, your greed is leading you away, and the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He went hard yeah. after right, them. Right, right. To Jesus, went hard after the rich and the, and tried to break down their pride. It was done in love. Right. He did not want them to get swept away into the idols of this world and the love of money and mammon. So I think the hardest part is what we're doing in our, in our preaching is we're telling people Jesus loves you and he cares for you and we're not pleading with people. Right. Do not get swept away with the love of money. Right. You are walking away from Jesus. Right. And why? Why are pastors preaching the apostolic way or prophetically? Is because their salaries are tied to it. And I'm not saying pastors shouldn't be taken care of, but when you have to change your message in order to, to keep people so that they won't walk away. Right. right. It's, you're not pastoring them. They need right. to be pastored. So when you have a church filled with people who are have money, money is not evil. The love of money is. We should preach passionately right. against it. And the only way to do it is you need to go. Uh, John Del Husse, who's one of the elders here, he says this. He says there's a, a, a way in which the early church functioned. Mm -hmm. It was called a symbi symbiotic relationship between the rich and the poor. Mm -hmm. The poor yeah. were the teachers. The rich were, when they would go and be generous, they would say, pray for me that I don't lose my, uh, that I don't lose the faith. Mm -hmm. They saw the poor as closer to the kingdom. Now it's reverse. Mm -hmm. We do not see the poor. Yeah. We see them as in need of us, and we don't see us in need of them. And that's, to that's teach us, to care for us, right. to lead us, to be examples to us. Who was Jesus' examples? Look at this woman crying. This is your teacher, Pharisee. Look at her. Right. Look at this woman at my feet. This is your teacher. Look at this right. child. Yeah. This Simon, is your teacher. Son, pay attention. You're not the teacher. Right. This is the teacher. Yeah, right. And we have to be careful, like extremely careful, because this is not just like we need to help people who have poverty. We need them. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. Absolutely. We cannot be the church without them. Absolutely. The body will not function without them. Absolutely. And we think we're the stronger parts, but I would just I would just encourage you, we're the weaker parts. <laughs> Come on. Who need wow. these parts of the body to right. function. Right. And we cannot approach them with arrogance. Right. One. But two, we cannot ever say, like Fritz Corinthians says, we don't need them. Because once that starts to happen, um, it's true we don't need them financially, but that's that's we need them as a part of the body. The right. church can't be the church without yeah. them. Right. Right. And and if we if we're not careful, if we're not careful, 
we're, we're indicting ourselves, right? Because right now a lot of people are scrambling, and Wayne and I talk about this all the time, they're scrambling to go, how do I care for a black person? How do I care for a brown person? How do I care for a rich person or, or for a poor person? What, how, do I, how do I self-righteously do this when forever this has been a part of the kingdom and now we've got to come in humbly? Don't come in going, let me fulfill some self-righteous duty, just going, I haven't known the kingdom. Like, I, I've got to start, like, just like what you were saying, I've got to just start learning from, caring for, and yes, not everybody who's poor is a preacher of the gospel. That's right. not what I'm saying. Right. 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 But, but, yeah. but, um, when you get around, they're going to ask for money, they're going to have major problems, and you're going to think, well, their demons might jump off on me and it's hard and it's difficult. But the reality of it is, is that we need, we need that in life. And I'm just saying for me personally, who grew up in, I'm a white man with money. I, I, I have to acknowledge it, right? I grew up in that environment to say, I didn't meet Jesus until I got around. So I, I'm more thankful than I am anything that I get to be in a family like this, that I get to pastor with Wayne, that I got, it's, People talk about how hard it is. To me, I just go, I, I can't do it. Uh-huh. I can't do it without, without you know. Yeah. I need them. They need right. me. We're all in this together, and right. we're all growing together. And it's family and it's community. I'm, I'm more in need than any, anybody else. And if we don't see it that way, we won't. Yeah, it's just like coming from that place of power. I mean, like Jesus, you know, consistently pushing the kingdom of God right to right. the poor, to the oppressed, to the hurting. Uh, and you, you can just hear the voice in the background that's saying, but like rich lives matter too. You yeah. I mean? You're like, no, no, whoa, right? Like, yeah. And it's just like, hey, listen, God, Jesus is clearly doing something right. as he comes to, like with intentionality. And what's so funny about that power dynamic is we've pursued power thinking that it was the means to fulfill the mission. Mm-hmm. When it's, it's literally like, wow. no, I was like, no, 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 that's the wrong way to go about right. it. Yeah. This is broken and upside down. You right. want power? You want true power? It's weakness mm. that you enter that through. So oh, just so, so, so messed cool. up, you know. Um, gosh, man, that was that was really good, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I'll just, last thing I just want to say is how can we, and I'd love for our church to be praying for Redemption Alhambra. What yeah. are just a couple things you guys are feeling heavy about? Hey, we are one church, right? We see you guys. You guys are our brothers and sisters. I mean, it's true globally, but obviously within redemption. So I want I want our church, I want y'all to be praying for uh, the people here at Ahmed. So what are just some things that we could we could be praying for you guys as a congregation? Yeah, I think um, a couple of things that, that we would love praying for is um, that, God, that, that, that God would continue to give wisdom and grace as we we lead us out of the most broken areas of our community mm-hmm. and stuff um <clears throat> they and they will continue to raise up leaders and stuff that mm-hmm. that leaders that that are coming from these different areas as as we are um, um walking out the gospel there and stuff so that's that's one thing that they will continue to, to give wisdom and grace and raise up leaders from out of these areas from out of um, the most broken areas where where we're at and stuff. Um also I would say probably um just just praying for just continue praying for like our our leadership team, the pastors and stuff and the elders there and stuff. You know, that God will continue to um to keep us and stuff. So that's two things that come to my mind. Yeah. I mean if you're praying for just our church specifically And y'all too if there's a yeah, no I mean it, the prayer for on top of that, it's just we're not only experiencing, I think, the false the false gospels of Hebrews thirteen, but we're also experiencing the, the false comforts of Hebrews thirteen too. Mm-hmm. Many of our people may not believe or hear or have these good news hopes or gospels that they're maybe falling into, or even intellectually spend a lot of time. I mean, they're consuming social media in some ways, but a lot of them are not in those like statements and educational veins. A lot of them are just going back to the false comforts, like marriage problems and, and uh, sin issues uh, and sexual immorality yeah, yeah, and right. and you know the love of money and overworking, you know, because they're essential workers. Or you know, there's just a lot of draws and temptations in the world. So it's not just false gospels; it's false affections that that draw us away from Christ. 
And so we're dealing with, and you, you probably, I'm not saying other churches are not, but just pray, praying for, <laughs> praying for uh, the, the minds, the renewal of the minds and the hearing of the gospel and, and people consuming the gospel, but also praying for deliverance from evil, you yeah. know, uh, temptations and desires. We're praying a lot for that. And not just our people, but, but for us as pastors. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I want us to become, and maybe this is more vision stuff, but one of our things, we, we don't feel a burden to kind of go, well, look at, look at what we've done. Like we're, we're still, we're, we minister to the poor. We have, we have a lot of diversity and we don't want to just like kind of boast in ourselves. We didn't do this. This was Jesus. Like this is a work of Christ. He builds his church, but we do not want to get less intentional because we're, we're, we think we're farther along than others. You could pray for us to kind of go, how do we become more of what God wants us to be in this yeah. time of yes. refining than just kind of waiting for it to be over and go back to normal. Yeah. Uh, when Wayne wow, came on, there was like a, a real uh, prayer to go, how do we become more prayerful? Like, uh, uh, how do we become more filled with the spirit Spirit. Uh, one of the things that we all come from here is most of us come out of kind of charismatic roots, mm-hmm. and coming into reformed esque kind of yeah. idea, it's it's a, it's a heady gospel. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of thing, and a lot of our people don't they don't connect with that. And one of the things that we're trying to do is how do we allow the spirit's descent to be the how the gospel comes. It comes to down. We don't rise up to it. It comes down to us. And, and how does the Spirit, like, the emphasis on the Spirit and God using people who may not be the smartest, who may not be the, but have a passion and zeal. Amen. So trying to teach people, like, listen, you have the Spirit, use your gifts, like this kind. We want to see that a lot. Yeah. And we want to see more diversity, not less. And we want to see, uh, meaning not just, like, more diversity, not yeah. less being... Um, all the white people go to that way and we're just a black and brown community. Oh, right, right. But all yeah, kinds no, of diversity yeah, all right, the way across. Right. We want to see more in it and not less. Although, you know, we really want it to be diverse and not just diverse in appearance, but like right. culture, context. So praying that we'll become more of what God wants us to be. Amen. And then we do have a lot of still dreams and visions for what we sense God has. We just don't want this pause to like take that away and go, what new, but how do we press into it even more? Yeah. Uh, and become more, and seeing this, like we've talked about a bunch, seeing this as the way God's getting us there to being more prayerful, more spirit filled, more diverse, all these things. And right. this pruning, making yes. us more into yeah. his image right. Right. than us just kind of like, it was easier for us to just go, well, we're kind of. We're kind of making traction. We're doing good. Mm-hmm. We got this building, you know. So we've seen this in some ways as like God accelerating that, yeah. getting us closer to what we're really wanting to be and what He's desired for us to be. Right. Then, so you can pray that we'll just keep pressing the gas rather than waiting to go back to normal. Because that's yeah, you know, that's I feel don't you. want to fill into that. Dude, I totally feel you. Um, well, one thing I love about Redemption Church is we we get the opportunity to learn from each other. Uh, y'all's, I mean, talking prophetic voice, you guys have been a prophetic voice for redemption for years now. That has, I mean, it's truly, right? Like, you, I think we've seen, we, we talk a whole nother sermon just about the shifts that I think are happening internally that then are hopefully coming out externally right. with even with the redemption. And you guys have been honest, I mean, and you know that we say this to you, I think, uh, enough, but thank you. Like, honestly, thanks for being those voices. You guys, I love you guys a lot. Let me pray for them. And then, uh, and then we'll uh, move into a time response in just a moment. God, I pray for these uh, these two men, these um, these good friends of mine, these pastors here at Redemption Alhambra. Um, I pray for new leaders, um, the leaders that are here now. God, would you cultivate them? Would you disciple them? Would the Spirit of God charge them and move them into places of 
of influence for your good and your glory. So form them in this season, God, that they would be the leaders you need them to be. We pray over these two, these two men, over their families, God, for continued strength, broad shoulders that, that are weak and the same, like these broad shoulders that are only held up because of the Spirit of God that is in them, God, that they would be able to continue to, to minister faithfully to this community. God, um, I pray that the visions they have, God, that you would, yes, uh, draw them and, and lead them on those things and deliver those things on this foundation. But also continue to deliver new vision and, and uh, refine the vision, God, until it is exactly what, what you'd have them step into and, and be faithful with, Lord. We, we trust you in this. We trust you in this season. We thank you for all that you're doing, the stuff that we see. We praise you for, God. But there's, there's exponentially more we do not see, which we just take a moment and say thank you, Lord, for. Thank you that you are writing a better story than we could write ourselves. And we thank you for the time that we've had this morning. I pray that it, the Spirit, Spirit, would you not allow this to not form us? Would you not allow this to be stolen from us? Uh, the things you would long to do in your people this morning, that we would be the body of Christ, that would be faithful to the calling you've given us, and God, that we would be the loving image of Jesus and his kingdom to the world. God, thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. Thanks, bro.